Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Redlands campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Uh, I have a confession to make uh, and hopefully you won't throw tomatoes and kick me off the stage. But as a family, as a young kid, uh, we never did church on Christmas Day. I'm sorry if, if you think that's a heresy or, 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 or defies tradition, but for us, it was just never something that we really made something of a tradition of. For us, Christmas Day looked a little bit different. It was spent with our direct family, uh, spent with each other. And I'll be completely honest, as a little kid, I knew the true meaning of Christmas and the food was great. And yet Jesus came, it's cool. But as a little kid, it was all about the prezies. It was all about the presents. Christmas Day was about waiting for the presents to be opened. It was about opening the presents. And then it was about using and playing with the presents that you got afterwards. As a little kid, there's something so magical and wonderful about that morning. Seeing all the presents under the tree, trying to guess what's under them. We have a, a long running trend in our family that every present we'd get, we'd shake and say, oh, it's Lego, it's Lego. As a kid, that was true, but unfortunately I haven't received Lego for many, many years, and that makes me a bit sad. Is there any kids hoping that there's Lego under their tree tomorrow morning? Good, I'm glad, I'm glad Lego's still around, that's good. There's something magical about it. I reckon there's something wonderful about opening that present and every, or you're screaming, you're cheering. One of my parents' finest work was in the summer of 2006, and all the presents are opened, and they say, we've got one more present for you, head upstairs. We go upstairs to the toilet, and there on the toilet seat was a Nintendo Wii. I, I, some of you kids might not even know what that is, but it was a great gift. We thought it was hilarious and we spent the entire day playing with our brand new Nintendo Wii. And I'm sure a lot of you kids are here waiting eagerly for Christmas Day tomorrow morning. You're gonna wake up at an obnoxiously early hour. Wake up your parents far earlier than they'd like to be woken up. Kids, go for it. Absolutely go for it. If your clock says AM, it's time to wake your parents up. You have my permission. Parents, sorry. But for me, looking back, I've got some great memories of gifts that I received. Gifts that I remember opening up and, and being filled with absolute wonder and delight at these gifts. I brought some of them here with me today. Some of you might recognise this gift. This was one of my favourite gifts that I received. And I'm sure... <laughs> Most, a lot of people born after the year of like 1970 probably received a gift like this in some form. Can anyone tell me what this is? It's a lightsaber and it's purple, which is like the coolest colour. I remember getting this, it was summer of 2009 and, and like I, I liked Star Wars, I'd seen the movies, but there was something about receiving a lightsaber and being able to be a Jedi. I just became obsessed and from that point on, I fell in love with Star Wars. This gift opened up an entire new world for me, a world of imagination and of joy. I love Star Wars. I still love Star Wars, and that was because of this gift. There's another gift that I received a few years later. This, oh, it was a bass guitar. I'd gotten a few lessons at the time. My parents said, you know, I think Ben's actually getting good at this. Ben's really beginning to enjoy this. I wasn't expecting this gift, but I opened this up and my delight to see this beautiful bass guitar. 
That was mine, mine to play, mine to use. And I used this for years. We use this on different stages at different churches in different formats. I love to use, I love to play. And this really ignited a great love for me at the time of playing the bass. I still play the bass to this day. But as we all know, not every gift is a good gift. And sometimes we receive an absolute howler. Sometimes we get a gift that we have to pretend like we enjoyed. Or if you're a brat like I was when I was eight, you just straight up say, I hate this gift. (laughs) Kids, whatever you get tomorrow morning, appreciate it and be grateful for it. Okay? Yes? Even if you hate it. This is a story of what not to do. It was uh, 2008, and again, all the gifts had been opened. We think we're done, and my parents said, Ben, we've actually got one more gift for you. Walk downstairs, and there it is, a bicycle. I hated riding my bike. Did not enjoy it at all. It's got Spider-Man 3, the brand new movie. It's got branding all over it. And I looked at my parents, and I said, is this for me? (laughs) Oh, man. Fortunately, we all grow. We all learn. But kids... Even if you receive a present you do not like, respect your parents, say thank you, and be grateful for the gifts you've received. That's me trying to get brownie points with the parents for what I said earlier. And so that was my story of perhaps a gift that wasn't great, that I didn't really enjoy, that I didn't love. But whether we love a gift or we hate it, the reality is that when it comes to gifts that we receive, the wonder of our gifts over time begins to fade. What we loved at once, what we opened in the delight and joy of seeing that gift and receiving it, over time, the wonder can fade. You see, Star Wars, I've loved it for a long time. And, um, and then the sequel movies came out. The new movies, um, and I'm sure a lot of the kids love them. This is a true story. I remember after watching episode eight, The Last Jedi, I went home and I sat on my bed and I cried. I was 18. And my dad, he comes to me and says, Ben, why are you crying? And I say, as, as an 18-year-old, word for word, I said, they've ruined Star Wars. <laughs> and, and that was the beginning of the end for me. I still call myself a fan of Star Wars. I still love it. But the wonder and the joy of it over time, as I've gotten older, as new movies has come out, for me, it's just faded a little bit. And that bass guitar... If anyone wants to play it, go for it, but I would like to see a certificate proving that you have received your tetanus shot. There is rust on those strings that will outlast religion. It it, it has not been changed in years. It has not been played in years. It's, It's a health and safety hazard. Unfortunately, I just haven't had need for it. I upgraded. I got my own thing. I got my own base that I paid for with my money. And this gift, it just wasn't useful. It wasn't important and has been resigned to my closet for the past five or so years. And the bicycle, well, the wonder faded as soon as I saw it, really, to be completely honest. I never really had much wonder for that gift, and I never really received it. Over time, gifts lose their wonder. They lose their wonder. Over the past few weeks, we've been looking at this wonder series, looking at the wonder of creation, the wonder of reconciliation and the wonder of transformation. Well, this morning, I want us to explore and unwrap together the wonder of salvation. The wonder of salvation. And what is salvation? Salvation's a gift. 
You see, saying salvation is a gift isn't just a, a handy metaphor to somehow tie it into Christmas time, but actually a, it is a gift. Salvation is a gift that you and I are given by God. What is salvation? Well, let's unpack a little bit to see what this is and why is it so wonderful. The word salvation in the original Greek is soteria, and it means to save, to deliver, and to rescue. Pretty simple. So what are we saved and delivered and rescued from? What is it that we are saved from? Death. (laughs) We are saved from death, a death that you and I deserved. You see, because of our sin, because of the lives that we live, we failed to meet the perfect standard of God. After all, why would we deserve to be in the perfect place of heaven, in the presence of a perfect God, when you and I are so imperfect compared to God? Why do we deserve life after death? Well, because Jesus brought you and I salvation by dying on the cross. He died the death that you and I deserved. He took on our sin, took on our death on behalf of the sins that we had committed. And this means God, when we die, doesn't look on us and see us as a sinner or imperfect or unworthy. When we die, He sees us as perfect. Perfection that you and I couldn't achieve, couldn't ever earn, couldn't ever live. Absolutely not. But perfection that we were gifted. That is the gift of salvation that we live forever in relationship with Him because of the death that He died for you and for me. Nothing sums up the gift of salvation really better than Paul in Romans. He says in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The gift of God that He has given you and me is eternal life. That is the gift of salvation. We are saved from death for eternal life. That is salvation summed up in a sentence. So why is it important? Why is it so wonderful? Why is it that we need to value and understand salvation properly? Well, N.T. Wright puts it so eloquently and beautifully. He says this, put it this way. If your idea of God, if your idea of the salvation offered in Christ is vague or remote, your idea of worship will be fuzzy and ill-formed. The closer you get to the truth, the clearer becomes the beauty. The more you will find worship welling up within you. That is why theology and worship belong together. When we have a greater and a clearer understanding of salvation, of what Jesus has done for us, we will be led to greater worship, greater gratitude and appreciation of Him. But if we don't appreciate what He's done or don't fully grasp or understand, then our worship of Him won't be filled with gratitude and wonder and delight. It will be dull and ill-formed and fuzzy. It's important for us to understand and appreciate the gift of salvation properly. And so I wanna unpack that a little bit this morning, looking through Scripture to really understand this gift that we've been given so that we can be all the more grateful for Him and have so much more wonder for the gift that we have been given. This morning, I wanna posit us a question. 
want to ask us, what makes a gift good? What is it about a gift that makes it such a great gift to receive? Well, I believe there are three things. Three things that make a gift really good. I reckon if we can unpack this and understand, we'll have a greater appreciation, maybe not just for the gifts that we're given tomorrow on Christmas Day, but for the gift of salvation given to us. So firstly, what makes a gift good is that it's thoughtful. A good gift is one that's intentional, it's deliberate, it's thoughtful. It's one that we just, you know, haven't been given and just, you know, someone's just seen a list and given it to us. But the best sort of gift is one that maybe we didn't even know that we wanted but that person knows us so well. They've put time into the gift. They've been intentional with the gift. It's wrapped well and neatly. A good gift is thoughtful. My base was a thoughtful gift. My parents said, you know what? We want to invest in Ben. We want to be intentional with this gift because we believe this isn't just a hobby. We believe this could lead to something further. You know, the gift of salvation was by no means an accident. (laughs) Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit. The Trinity weren't there when Adam and Eve sinned, saying, oh no, oh no, this just ruins everything. It's a change of plans. We've got to figure out something. It wasn't just an accident. No one has received the gift of salvation by accident, but it is an intentional gift that He has intentionally given you. God in His sovereignty He has known from before creation what would happen and what needed to be done to save you and I. He is omniscient and He has known that we would all fall short. He has known that we would all need to be saved. And Jesus was purposed to bring salvation from the very beginning. Revelation 13.8 says, the Lamb, speaking about Jesus, the Lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. In other words, from before the world was even created, Jesus knew that He would have to be slain to bring us salvation. There was no one else who was both worthy of perfection, who could live to a perfect standard, but was also a worthy representative of humanity, being fully God and fully human. I want you to hear this this morning, particularly if you maybe have never actually received the gift of salvation before. If you're not a follower of Jesus, God intentionally and deliberately and thoughtfully died for you and your sins so that you may receive eternal life. You haven't been saved by accident. I don't believe you're here this morning by accident. He died for you. Isaiah 53, 5 tells us, but He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities and the punishment that brought us peace was on Him. And by His wounds, we are healed. This wasn't written after Jesus died. This was a prophetic word before He died, hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus died. Jesus' death for you wasn't an accident. Your salvation is a gift that God is intentionally wanting to give to you. When He died on that cross, God in His omniscience saw all you would do, all you've done, the sins you have and haven't committed. And He said, yeah, I will die for them. Why is salvation such a good gift? It's not an accident. It's not a mistake that you've been given it. It's thoughtful, it's deliberate, and it's intentional. What else makes a good gift? 
I believe a good gift is desired. A good gift is one that we want. You know, something that you want dearly. No one wants a gift they don't want. No one wants to go through the motions of having to pretend they like a gift on Christmas morning. But I, it's happened to all of us. And for all we know, it could happen tomorrow morning. So I want you to watch this video. It's an act of giving some really helpful advice on how to react if tomorrow morning you do receive a gift that maybe you realise you don't want at all. Why don't you look to the screen? This is huge, it's so heavy. Wow, it's really, really hard. <laughs> I love presents that are hard to unwrap because it just makes it more satisfying when you actually do. You do like your sellotape, don't you? I do too, I love sellotape. It's so much fun, it sort of sticks things together. Oh my goodness. It's developing Excel number five solutions. This is amazing. Navigating through the Wellington Cycle Works application. That's, I, I'm always getting stumped on that. It's brilliant. And it's not a present that anyone else would have thought of but you. I really, really, pre oh, good, look at the, here, idiot proof. It comes with its own floppy disk. This is fantastic. So good. Look, here's a really easy, I love it. Well, you know it because you gave it to me. It's really brilliant. Thank you. Now, really, why I think of this is that it's, you know, good for door stopping, yep, possibly recycling, that there, sorry, uh, or hitting someone with. It's also... I reckon that's the greatest burn to give someone that's given you a bad gift. No one else could have thought of this gift but you. <laughs> and to be honest, I forgot what a floppy disk was until I saw that video. And I'm pretty sure most kids in this room have absolutely no idea what it is. Is there, any, is there anyone below the age of 15 who knows what a floppy disk is? Ella, you've got no clue. I'm sorry. Don't, don't pretend. But we've all been there, right? We've all been there where we received a gift and we're like, oh, thanks, great. Pretending like you've got to like it. A good gift is one that you really want. It's one that is valued to you. It's one that will be useful to you. It's one that's on your wish list, of course. We've received, we've received a gift for some occasion that we don't really want that much. But the gift that salvation brings us all is something that we all desire. Since the dawn of humanity, we've all been looking for the answer to the issue and the problem and the dilemma of death. <laughs> we've been searching for purpose and meaning in this finite life. And where do we find it? Where do we find purpose and meaning on a life that is short, an existence that isn't long. Ecclesiastes 3.11 tells us he has set eternity in the human heart. Built within all of us is this natural desire for eternity, for something more, for something beyond the life that we have been given. For something, as Charles Taylor would put it, something transcendent, something to fill this God-shaped hole in our life. Christian author Stephen McAlpine recently wrote a fantastic article on the joy of Christmas. And he wrote in response to an article that had been written in The Guardian, in which the author wrote, as 25th of December nears, it's hard to know where to find beauty and meaning, let alone any joy. Best in these circumstances, I often think, to look to the universe, to the stars and to the moon for comfort. The article, as you read the rest of it, is a somber one. It's a man who says, well, I know that joy and meaning and truth isn't found in Christmas, but I'll find it eventually. And I can't find much joy or much hope or much meaning at all, to be honest. But when I look at the stars in the sky, sometimes I think maybe 
there's some meaning out there. Maybe like a lot of us can relate to that, struggling to find joy and meaning and fulfillment this Christmas season. I think it's ironic that a man looking for meaning, looking up at the stars for some sort of sign, is talking about Christmas. When we look back at 2,000 years ago, when the same wise men looked up at the star, but when they looked at the stars in the sky, they found something greater than themselves. They found meaning and purpose in a baby. Stephen McAlpine in the article has this great quote where he says this. See, the difference between a secular and a Christian Christmas is this. Joy from the world versus joy to the world. Like the famous hymn says, the things of this world will grow strangely dim. Gifts fade, materials fade, life fades. But the gift of salvation that you and I have been given will never die and will always bring us joy, even in our deepest and darkest moments. We do not just find joy from the world on the gifts that we receive on Christmas Day, but we've received joy that God has given to the world in the form of salvation, in the form of Jesus Christ. That is the joy that we've been given. And this rings true, I believe, in the story of David. We've just went through a series on David, looking at his life and the journey he lived in. David, as we unpacked, he is described as a man after God's own heart. But as we also look at his story, David made mistakes. David was a pervert at times when we look at the story of Bathsheba, looking out at ladies bathing naked on the roofs. And David commits awful crimes and sins, kills Bathsheba's husband so that he can be with her. And David in his guilt and in his shame, what does he do? Well, he prays to God a prayer of repentance. His prayer is this, restore to me the joy of my salvation. In the midst of extreme guilt and shame and regret, David knows that he can still have joy some way, somehow, because he is saved. In the midst of even losing a child for the consequence of his actions, he can some way, somehow have joy because he is saved. In the midst of our deepest, darkest moments, we can some way, somehow have joy because we are saved. This life is finite. This life is filled with suffering. It's hard. It's awful at times. But death is not the end. That is the joy that we receive. Our lives end and we are reunited through the power of salvation with our heavenly God for eternity. We're all looking for joy. We all desire it. We all want more of it. But there is no greater joy than the joy that is found in the gift of salvation. It's a good gift. It's one that's thoughtful for us and it's one that we desire. But what else makes a good gift? What else makes an amazing gift is that there's a cost. The best gifts have a cost to them. I mean, what does it mean to receive a gift that you could have just easily bought yourself? That in the time unwrapping it and pretending that you like it, you could have just probably bought it or made it yourself. Now, there's a cost to a truly great gift. 
I really love those tear-jerking videos that we can see online of, of athletes or celebrities or people with large amounts of money who go to their parents and with their money are able to bless them and buy them a house or a car or something of great money and the parents just can't believe it. It's, it's beautiful and it makes me wanna cry. And the reason why it's such an amazing gift is because of the cost, a cost that those parents never could have brought themselves but now the child gets to bless the parents who used to bless them with gifts when they were young. What makes a, the gift of salvation so wonderful is the incredible cost behind it. We do well to never forget the immense and immeasurable cost of salvation. Wages of sin is death, and yet for our sins, we do not have to suffer death because of His ultimate sacrifice. At Easter, we remember the sacrifice that Jesus made on the, cost, on the cross and the cost that He paid for you and for me. But that wasn't the only cost that Jesus paid for us. But actually part of what it means to be human is suffering. And yet God chose in His glory as God to step down and become human. God divine chose to be hungry to be thirsty, to be tempted, to be abused, to be mocked, to be hurt. The God of all creation. What a cost for the God who has created the heavens and the earth to make, to come down onto our lowly level, to come down and be a baby, the greatest form of weakness and of innocence. And yet what a beautiful cost that it is. Hebrews 4.15 tells us, for we don't just have a high priest in Jesus who was unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. What an extreme cost for God to pay for you and for me. Jesus chose to endure. He chose to live as a human so that you and I could receive salvation. May we never, ever forget that gift, that cost, or take it for granted or lose sight of it. When at Christmas we're looking at our wallet, we're looking at our bank account, looking at all the things that we're gonna have to pay for, the food, the presents, the lights maybe even. When we're looking at all the things that we have to pay at what Christmas will cost us, there's something beautiful in remembering that the greatest gift that we have been given costs you and me nothing. Nothing. The gift of salvation is given to us freely. Now what happens after we receive that gift is another conversation. Our life has to change. There's things that we've got to do. We've got to clean up our life. We've got to repent. But that doesn't happen before we receive the gift of salvation. There is nothing we could do to earn our salvation. It's not works. It is just simply a gift. Romans 10 verses nine says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God was risen Him from the dead, you will be saved. The most wonderful part of the gift of salvation is that it costs the God of salvation so, so much, and yet it costs you and me nothing. How wonderful is that gift? 
About a decade ago, my family and I were in Sydney. We're there for Hilson Conference. And I remember we went to Sydney Museum and I remember we walked through the door and realised we didn't want to have to pay anything. So we, we'd left. And we went a little bit down the road and we actually went to the Sydney Jewish Museum. We went to this beautiful museum and, and I didn't know what to expect, but we went to the top floor and there was this elderly lady who was there. She just came to us, she said, do you wanna hear some of my story? She pulled up her sleeve and revealed that she was, went through the Holocaust. She was part of, of what happened in, in World War II, part of the persecution of the Jews. And in fact, she went through Auschwitz. She was there as a little child. And I wish as a little 12, 13 year old, I, I could have appreciated that gift more. I could have appreciated the beautiful experience of hearing her tell us her story. My parents and my sister were bawling their eyes out hearing this incredible story. And she said to us, said amidst the dark ash and smoke of Auschwitz, at some point along the way, she said, I lost what it meant to wonder. My dear children, she said to us, my dear children, never lose your wonder. Friends, Gateway Redlands, never lose your wonder. Her name was Lottie Weiss and unfortunately she passed away a few years ago. I still remember that if Lottie, through the worst of what humanity has to offer, through the most unimaginable, unfathomable experiences, if David, through the darkest time of his life, in the midst of some of the greatest mistakes and the greatest regret, if Lottie and David can find wonder in the gift of salvation, so can you and so can I. This morning, where is your wonder? In regards to the gift of salvation, where is your wonder? What have you done with the gift that you've been given? You know, maybe like my lightsaber, it's a gift that you received a long time ago. And at a time it was wonderful, it was beautiful, it was, it was amazing. But now over time, you've lost that fire. It's not the same to you as it once was. You still call yourself a Christian the same way that I still call myself a fan of Star Wars. But you just don't have that same awe and wonder that you once had for it. Well, if that's you this morning and you're just wanting a renewed wonder of Jesus and of what He's done for you, my prayer is like with David, the Holy Spirit would restore to you the joy of your salvation. That that gift that you received, that you would have a, a newfound awe and a love for it, a greater and a newfound appreciation and gratitude of what Jesus has done for you. That you would no longer take it for granted. That the truths of Jesus that you've heard for, at church for years and for years and for years, that wouldn't be dull for you, but you'd find new life, new joy and excitement and wonder in the story of what Jesus has done for you that you would find the wonder once again. And maybe like my bass guitar, you received a gift of salvation a long time ago, but since then that gift is, not, not much has really been done with it. 
that sort of just sat there idle. You haven't grown in it. You haven't used it. Maybe you said yes to Jesus a long time ago, but since then you, you, your disciplines have fallen away. You know, maybe you call yourself a Christian, but you don't really live like it. Maybe you've fallen away from following Jesus. Well, my prayer for you that this morning is that you would come back to the gift of salvation. But you wouldn't just take it, you would grow with it. Paul tells us and he teaches that we shouldn't be stuck on milk as infants, but as we grow, we need to move to solid foods. And hey, maybe you've been, you converted a long time ago, but you haven't really grown. You don't know much more about your faith. Your relationship with God has not progressed. It's stagnant. Maybe you need to grow and mature in your faith more. I love the metaphor that I was told recently that many of us maybe are spiritual streakers. We have the helmet of salvation on and nothing else. When it comes to the armour of God, we're not wearing the boots, the breastplate, we're not wielding the sword. We just simply said yes to Jesus and thought that was enough. But actually maybe it's time for you this morning to clean the strings, to get your guitar service, to pull out the Bible once again, say, actually, you know, God, I wanna grow in my relationship with you. I wanna learn more, I wanna do more, I wanna mature as a Christian. I don't wanna just stay where I was when I first said yes, I wanna grow. Or maybe like my bike, you've never received the gift of salvation. You've said, no, that's not for me. You've looked into it and you've said, no, I'm I'm not interested. You've done your reading, you've done your research. And hey, if you are here this morning and you wouldn't say you're a follower of Jesus or you'd say you've never received that gift of salvation that you've never said actually, yes, God, I believe that you rose from the dead. I believe that you're my Lord. If you've never said that or made that decision, I just wanna thank you for being here this morning. Thank you that you're here and wanna say you're welcome. And I'm sure any of us, our prayer team or our staff team would love to have a conversation with you. Would love to to answer or hear any questions that you have. You know, I I actually did tell a little bit of a a lie about my bike. It actually didn't go unused. I actually did end up hopping on the bike. I didn't end up using it. And, And actually I ended up enjoying it. I ended up enjoying riding my bike with my family down at our park at the bottom of a hill. You see, there was something in me that wanted to prove that it was a bad present. Maybe the reason that you haven't received the gift of salvation is actually pride. If you'd allow me to be so bold and to challenge you, maybe this Christmas season, you actually have to be honest with yourself. Maybe you have to lose a bit of that pride and say, you know what? Maybe I will take the time to investigate, to ask questions, to research, maybe to just learn what this gift is that I've been apparently given. Because that gift was a good gift, as much as I hate to admit it. And the gift of salvation is a good gift that you can receive, that He wants you to receive. I'd love to pray for each of you, if you're in each of maybe those different boats, 
if you relate to maybe losing the wonder, if you relate to maybe being stagnant in your faith of Jesus, or if maybe you've never made that decision to receive the salvation that God wants to give to you. I'd love to pray for you. I'd love for you to pray with me, if that is you. But also, if you know someone who maybe fits in one of those categories, I'd love you with me to pray for them, that they this Christmas would find the wonder of salvation. Why don't you join me? So you close our eyes and bow our heads and we pray. Lord, we thank You for the incredible gift of salvation, a gift greater than anything that any man or woman or parent could give us. A gift that is, has endless joy. A gift that we will never ever, Lord, hopefully grow tired of or weary. But Lord, for those of us in the room who've been following Jesus for a long time and over time, that wonder has is, is just been lost. That the disciplines are hard, that the fire is gone. God, we pray that You would restore to us the joy of our salvation. That we would find all a new incredible joy in knowing that we have been saved. That in our darkest moments, in our hardest seasons, Lord, that by the power of Your Holy Spirit, You would help us find joy in Your salvation that You have given us. That we would have joy in every circumstance because You have saved us. Help us not take it for granted, Lord, but every morning be appreciative of what You have done for us. And for those in the room who feel like they haven't done much with the gift that You've given them, Lord, they received it a long time ago and, and haven't grown in their faith. They don't know You any more now than they did back then. Lord, we thank You that the very fact that they're here, the very fact, Lord, is that You're still <laughs> reaching out to them. You're still wanting to bring them back. And Lord, my prayer is that You would be patient with them. Say, start in You and say, you know, I'm gonna, gonna now wanna mature in my faith. I wanna learn more. I wanna know You more. I don't wanna just be a spiritual streaker. I wanna wear the full armour of God. And Lord, for, for, my, for my friends in the room who have never made that decision, who aren't following You, who wouldn't say You are Lord of their life, Lord, I thank You that on that cross, when You died, You died for them. That, that whoever would believe in You would not die, but live forever. That's the promise that You have made. I pray for my, my friends here this morning. That as they ask questions, that as they investigate, Lord, as you draw them to yourself, Lord, that you would be speaking to them, that you would be revealing things to them, you'd be placing the right people in their life so that they may know that you are there, <laughs> that you are good, and that the gift that you have given them is theirs to receive, and it's a good, good gift. Thank You for the gift, Lord, that You've given us all this Christmas of joy and of salvation. May we never lose the wonder of what You have given us. In your name we pray, Amen. Why don't we stand? We hope you've been blessed by this message. 
If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.